Get ready to learn all about America's national parks with National Park Adventures, and I'm your host, Ashley. So strap on your hiking boots and let's hit the trail. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 9 of National Park Adventures. I'm your host Ashley and I'm so excited for this part 2 of your National Park Weekend Getaways. I am literally so excited to talk to you guys about these five parks we have today. They are awesome parks, definitely super um super cool. I definitely think that some of them are pretty popular and some of them are not so popular, but all of them have so much to offer. And again, in case you haven't listened to the first episode or the first part of this series we got going on is all of these parks are within three hours of a drive from a major airport. So easy to get to kind of like your long weekend type of thing. Think about it that way. So to start us off, we're going to Rocky Mountain National Park, and this is the ninth national park, and it was established in 1915, and this is near Denver, Colorado, and it's about an hour and a half from the Denver airport. Now, the size is roughly 265,000 acres, and the park features some of the tallest mountains in the lower 48 states, including 60 peaks that are taller than 12,000 feet. It's also the home of the Continental Divide and a variety of animals, including elk, bighorn sheep, deer, moose, etc. Now, this is a pretty popular park. The visitors per year are around 4.4 million. And unfortunately for the lodging, there's only campgrounds, um, but you do need to make reservations in advance. Now, this did surprise me considering how popular of a park this is, but you do have a lot of um, lodging options within Estes Park, which is right next door to the park. So I honestly think that's probably why they don't have any official lodging just due to the amount that they have in the area that the park is in. So your for your top three things to do in this park, the first one is to drive the Trail Ridge Road. And this is a 48-mile paved road that goes from the park from east to west, and it tops around 12,000 feet. And at this top is the Alpine Visitor Center. So there's a store, a cafe, a little coffee shop um, right by the Visitor Center. So it's a great little you know, stop, especially if you need something to eat. And this is also a good turnaround point. When Andrew and I drove this road, this is where we stopped and turned back around. Now, I would not recommend driving this road the first day that you're there just due to the elevation change. I definitely was feeling some altitude sickness while we were driving this. Thankfully, I was not the one driving, but just so you know for the future. And a fun fact is it's, this is actually the country's highest paved road in terms of elevation. So I thought that that was kind of cool. And this road is open 24 hours a day. And because of the elevation that it's at, it's really good for stargazing. So if that's something you're interested in and looking for a good spot, there's plenty of pull-off areas in this on this trail or road. So you can totally do that. Now for... The hiking aspect, the first hike that I have for you guys is Lily Lake. Now, this is towards the south-ish end of the park. It's right off of Colorado 7, and it's it's just really easily accessible. There's literally a parking lot, and the trailhead's right there, right off the highway. So, it's really nice, and it's a great little stroll type of trail. Um, It takes you around the shoreline of the lake, 
And we did this towards the like end of the day. And it was just a really nice little last thing to do. Um, very chill kind of thing. Really good for um, kids. And just I just really liked it. I thought it was a really fun place. And the second one I have for you guys is Lumpy Ridge and Gym Lake. And this is considered one of the best hikes in this park. It is 5.2 miles round trip, roughly two and a half hours and about a thousand foot elevation change. And it's a considered a moderate hike. Now, this trail takes you through a green forest um, with sculpted ridges. It also features Paul Bunyan's boot, which is a um, distinctive rock formation. And after a very steep climb, you can get views of Long's Peak, Mount Meeker, and Estes Park. So a really cool end view for sure. And Jim Lake is... um, Features kind of like a small sandy beach kind of area, a really good spot for like a picnic lunch or stuff like that. And my last one for you guys today is Chasm Lake. Now, this is also considered one of the best hikes in the park. I really wanted to do this hike. I just wasn't physically there yet. Um, So I think I could do it now. But at the time that we visited Rocky Mountain, it just was too much for me. So it is a strenuous hike. And this is just due to the high elevation that it's at and the length of the hike. It's 8.4 miles, so roughly about four and a half hours. Now, this features several switchbacks through the forest, and at the top, you reach like a rocky tundra type thing, and that's around 11,000 feet. So again, very high in elevation. It is, um, you know, like I said, a hard hike, but considered one, one of the best. And the last thing on our top three for Rocky Mountain is to visit the Bear Lake area. Now, this is the main area of the park, easily the most popular, especially um, you'll see this as you're making reservations online for the timed entry. The Bear Lake ones always go really fast. But there are several hikes in this area and ton of just really fantastic views. I do go over this section a little bit more detail in episode seven. So if you haven't listened to that, go ahead and go back and listen to that episode. I go through a lot more detail about Rocky Mountain in that one. Now, let's move on to our second national park. This one is the Everglades, and this is the 26th national park, and it was established in 1947. This is in Miami, Florida, and it's only about an hour from the airport, so pretty, pretty fast. Now, the best time to visit this park is actually November to April, and that's because that is the dry season. If you go during like the peak of summer, it's going to be really hot, really muggy, and a lot of bugs. So the best time is that dry season. Now, the size is about 1.5 million acres, so a pretty decent sized park. And this features um, like marshes and sawgrass swamp, lots of tropical life. Uh, This includes American alligators. These can actually get up to 15 feet long, fun fact. Um, Manatees, and it also has a lot of birds. So many species of birds, it's insane. And this is a pretty popular park as well, about a million visitors per year. Now, there's only camping in this park, but there's a lot of hotels in the surrounding area. Like I said, it's only an hour from Miami, so a lot of, you know, chain hotels and things like that that you can stay at. 
Now for your top three things to do. The first one is the kayak and canoe. Now you can do this in either individually or as a guided tour. If you do individually, I would recommend the Gulf Coast Paddling Trails. Now this is west of the park and you can do the Sandfly Island Loop and that's about five miles. And the second one is the Flamingo Paddling Trails. The, the launch area is the Flamingo Marina and the loop is the Noble Hammock and it's um, 1.9 miles. Now, if you want to do a guided tour, you can do this by the Everglades Institute Nine Mile Pond Tours, and they have a three-hour paddling tour, and it's only $80 a person, so not terrible. And this is just a guided tour through the mangroves and the songgrass prairies. Wow, words today are hard. Now, the cool thing that I did see about this tour is it is a very small group, so only eight people max, which I think is really cool. You get a very authentic experience when it is a smaller group. Now, second thing to do is hiking. I did want to note, though, that most of these trails are paved just due to the landscape of the park, so just keep that in mind, and all of these are also very short. I couldn't really find any long hikes in this park. So just keep that in mind. Um, If this is a park that you're going to visit and you like hiking, this may not be the best park for you. So the first one I have is the Otter Cave Hammock Trail, and it is a 0.5 mile round trip hike in the Shark Valley area of the park. The second one I have is Westlake Trail, also a 0.5 mile round trip hike and this trail takes you through a lot of trees um, including the red and black mangrove trees and this trail is in the flamingo area of the park and third is the gumbo limbo trail i just liked the name of that one i thought it was fun and it is a 0.4 mile round trip hike and it goes through a jungle like hammock type thing of the gumbo limbo trees and this is in the pine area of the park now when i was looking up trails. There is a lot of trails here. Um, They're all pretty short, but there's several trails in different areas of the park. So there's definitely more options than this, but these are the ones that I wanted to highlight. And lastly is guided tours. I thought that these would be really fun. Again, you guys know I love guided tours. You just get so much more out of them than just exploring around yourself, in my opinion. And so I found two different places that you can go. So the first one is the Shark Valley Tram Tour. Now this looks really cool. It's a two-hour tour through the Shark Valley section of the park, and it's on like a little tram. So the guide provides information about the ecosystem, hidden aspects of the Everglades, and just a lot of other fun facts. And about halfway through the tour, there's a 40-foot high observation deck where you can take views of the Everglades. And, And on a really clear day, you can see about like 20 miles in each direction. So a really cool view. And I just think this is a great way to see a lot of the park with um, with not a lot of effort. And my second one that I found was the Flamingo Adventures. Now, this is a backcountry boat tour. It's about a 90-minute tour, um, and it's $40 per adult and $20 per child. But it takes you through the Buttonwood Canal, the Cot Bay, and several other spots. So highlights for this tour include like plants and animal life and also several things of history for the Everglades. Now, 
let's move on to our third park. This park is the Shenandoah Park, and it is the 20th National Park established in 1935, and this is in Shenandoah, Virginia. The travel time is about two hours, and you could fly into either Richmond, Virginia, or Washington, D.C., and this park is about 250,000 acres, and the park features include like a lot of waterfalls, a forest, like atmosphere type of thing kind of vibe and a lot of animal species. The visitors per year are 1.5 million, and there's actually three different lodging options in this park. Also several campgrounds as well, if that's your thing. So for your lodging options, first is the Skyland. This has a lot of options from like premium rooms to small cabins to traditional rooms. They also have some pet-friendly rooms, and this basically is 28 buildings that make up this lodge and it's over like 27 areas, uh, 27 acres of the park. So you're very spread out in this, this lodge type thing. So just to keep that in mind, it's going to be a little bit more private, which is really fun, but it may not be your vibe. So if you don't like that, the second option is the Big Meadows Lodge. This is a very, very similar setup to Skyland, but all the cabins are within walking distance of the main lodge. So if you want to be like closer to people or closer to the main lodge, this one may be a better option for you. And lastly is the Lewis Mountain Cabins. This is going to be a very authentic experience, meaning rustic but furnished cabins. So they do look really cool. I did take a peek at their website, um, but just a very authentic experience. So you're not going to have the luxuries that you may have at the other ones. For your top three things to do here, the first one is to drive the Skyline Drive. Now this is 105 miles along the Blue Wowards, the Blue Ridge Mountains, and this is from north to south. So it takes about three hours to drive the entire road. And there's so many sites along this drive. It's not even funny. Like, I think it's going to take more than three hours to drive the road if you're doing the whole thing, just because there's so many things you can stop and see. I highlighted a few of them. This is going from north to south. But again, there's way more than what I am highlighting. So first off is the Dickey Ridge Visitor Center. Always love to stop at those. I have to get the stamp, obviously, but I just like talking to the rangers and kind of hearing their stories and, um, you know, asking about what they would recommend to do in the park. The second stop is the Fort Windham Rocks and Compton Cap. So this is where you see the summit of Carson Mountain, the geological feature, which is the Fort Windham Rock, which this is a lava formation that came from millions of years ago. So just a really cool, unique stop. Now, next is the Mary's Rock Tunnel. Now, this is a 650 foot, nope, 670 foot long tunnel. And this goes through Mary's Rock. And this was created in 1932. Now, do note, this is going to be very, very tight for RVs and trailers. So just keep that in mind. If you are traveling in either of those, you may not want to get to this point of the road. And my last thing that I'm going to highlight is the Loft Mountain Waves Wayside. This is a really great place for a quick meal. They have just, you know, very basic food options and they also have a gift shop. So a really nice little pause to your drive, great place to kind of get out, stretch your legs, walk around type of thing. So the second thing to do on our top three things is hiking. 
This park has over 500 miles of trails. So like I said, if the Everglades is not for you because you're wanting a hiking, uh, you know, national park, this is the one for you. There is so many options at this park. It is insane. I do have three for you to talk about today, but again, there is so many more. So first off, we're going to talk about the Dark Hollow Falls. This is about 1.4 miles. It is a pretty strenuous hike though, uh, just due to the nature of the hike, but it takes about two hours, so not terrible. Now you take this trail downhill, so coming back up is going to be your hard part. And it is one of the most popular hikes in the park, but it is well worth the trip because you see this massive waterfall from the base in very, very cool in pictures. Really, really want to go and see this. Now your second hike is the Hawksbill Mountain. This is one of the highest peaks in the park at 4,000 feet. And this has, so there's there's several ways to get, the, get to this part. This was kind of... Um, Something I think if you are going to do this, maybe look more into detail, I will kind of try to cover what I think is the best way, but I there's a lot of options to get here. So the fastest way is the upper Hawksbill parking lot. And this is about two miles and takes about an hour and a half and it's a pretty moderate hike. You could also take the Hawksbill Gap parking parking lot I believe and this is only going to be 1.7 miles so a little over an hour and also a moderate hike but it's considered to be a steeper hike with a lot of rocks so if I was going to do this I think I would do the upper Hawksbill parking um, only because I just don't think I'd I think I'd rather walk longer for a less steeper hike but that is all up to you and what you want to experience. Now the third one is the Old Rag Mountain. Now this is 9.4 miles. It's a strenuous hike. It takes about six to seven hours and the elevation change is about 2,000 feet. This trail does take place near the summit so you just need to be really prepared for bad weather, lightning in particular. So just keep an eye out. You may have to change your plans just due to weather. Uh, But this trail takes you over several boulders through um, through some cracks in the rocks and definitely just a quick spoiler there's a lot of false summits on this one so just be prepared for that but you can um, make this a loop by taking the saddle trail back down to where you started and lastly for this park number three is the Rapton camp and this is the former summer retreat of President Herbert Hoover and it's now been refurnished, and it's an exhibit within the park. Now, unfortunately, it's not open all the time, so you do need to check the National Park website or talk to the ranger that's there for when it's opening, Um, but they do have scheduled tours for it during the fall and the summer, so definitely something to check out if you're interested in that. Okay, and then number four is Saguaro National Park. Now, this is the 52nd National Park, and it was established in 1994. This is just outside of Tuscan, Arizona, and it's about an hour and 40 minutes from the Phoenix airport. And the visitors per year is roughly 900,000, so still pretty popular. Now, the size is only 91,000 acres, and it is split into two districts, the east and the west. So, and it does take a little bit of time to get from each district, just so you know, because it's 
um, on the opposite sides of Tuscan, Arizona. So like the city's in the middle and then your east and west sides are on the outsides. So this park features giant cactuses, the Suaro cactuses where it got its name. And you can um, see these all throughout the park. They can live up to 250 years and grow up to 50 feet tall and weigh almost 16,000 pounds. So really big, really cool. Definitely want to see these. Your lodging options are only campgrounds in this national park. But again, like I said, it is literally right around a city. So lots of options for Airbnbs, hotels, all of the fun things. So for your top three things to do, let's go through them. The first one is the petroglyphs. Now, these are um, one of the largest things here. And on the west side, north of the Signal Hill picnic area, this is the largest area to see these in the park. This site has over 200 um, petroglyphs and they can be viewed from from the trail even. Um, and you could just walk this little trail and you can see a whole bunch of these. And these are something I really would love to see. Now, your second thing to do is hiking, obviously. And the first hike I got for you today is Valley View Overlook. It is 0.8 miles, about 30 minutes, a very easy hike. Now, even though this is an easy hike, you get really cool views of Arva Valley. And I just think it's so cool to go see that. So definitely an easy little hike to add into your day. The second option is the Cactus Forest Trail. And this is about two and a half miles. Takes about an hour and a pretty easy hike. And this is a fairly flat trail, but it's really great for seeing um, all the cacti. All of them, all of them, all of them. They have so many on this trail. So definitely a great spot to see these and just get a ton of awesome pictures. Now, the third option is Wasson Peak, and this is an eight-mile hike. It's pretty strenuous, 4.5 hours-ish to take. Now, the hike is up to the summit, and it is at 4,687 feet, and this is actually the highest peak um, in the Tuscan Mountains, and I would definitely recommend starting this very early to avoid all of the heat that we experience in Arizona. And lastly is the Cactus Gardens. These are just outside the visitor center on both east and west sides. And this is just a really great way to learn about the plants in the park, either from a ranger-led guide, you know, tour, or um, there's some signs within the garden. So you can, you know, just read up and learn about these plants. And it's also a really great place to get um, up close and personal with them and get really great photos as well. Now, our last park today is going to be Congaree National Park. This is the 57th National Park, and it was established in 2003. And this is near Columbia, South Carolina, and it takes about 30 minutes from the Columbia Airport or just over two hours from Charleston, South Carolina. And this size is a lot smaller. It's only 20,000 acres, but the park features um, like a forest, marsh-like, you know, vibe, and it's a really great environment for like the birds of the park. They have over 170 different species within this park alone. And this is not as popular of a park. It's only around 200,000 visitors per year. And the only option for lodging is camping. 
but it is really close to Columbia, so you have a lot of options for that. And let's just hop in to the top three things to do. Now, first off for hiking, I got two different options for you. The first one is the boardwalk loop, and this is about 2.4 miles. Um, It's only going to take you about an hour and a half, a pretty easy hike. Um, And this is a great hike for kids. There's a lot of opportunities to spot wildlife. And the end of this hike features Weston Lake. And there is a downloadable tour guide on the National Park website for this that will walk you through everything there is to know about Congaree. So you can walk this loop and then also have this uh, tour uh, with you at the same time, which I thought was really cool. And my second option for you guys is the Weston Lake Trail. Now, this is a 4.5 mile trail. It's pretty moderate. And this is um, takes you along the Cedar Creek where uh, otters are regularly spotted. So really, really cool if you like to see the otters. The second option for you is canoeing or kayaking. And the rangers actually do guided tours in the spring and the fall. And you can make the reservations for that on recreation.gov. And the tours are limited to 12 people. And they're only about three to four hours long. So not super bad. And also a pretty small group, which is really nice. And there's also several local places that you can rent canoes and kayaks if you want to do your own adventure. And lastly is the Firefly Festival. So if you're coming around mid-May to early June, this is definitely something you don't want to miss. The Firefly Trail is open for visitors year-round, but this is the time where fireflies are in their mating season. So if you go at night, you're going to see all of these fireflies just light up the entire forest, and it's really, really cool. So, but due to the popularity of this, uh, you do need to get reservations in advance, and the parking is pretty limited, but again, with the reservations, that should help with that. So would definitely recommend taking a peek at that if you are there around that time. So that is what I have for your five national parks for your weekend getaway. And I hope you really enjoyed the show today. If you did, please leave a like or comment or review or any of the things above. And I hope you guys have a really good rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something new about America's national parks. If you enjoyed my show, please consider leaving a review. I would really appreciate it. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll catch you next time.